Interlude A Critical Role Fan Fiction Part 3 of the Kingdom Come series Written by Grandfather Clock, Shea Potter, and Smoke and Jolly Ranchers Read by God of Laundry Baskets Rating Explicit Pairing Jester Caleb The sun filtering through the windows is nice. It's fucking nice, and it shouldn't be. The windows in the room Master Ikathon allows him in the manor are faced away from where the sun rises. When he gazes out, he looks over the flat field where he used to be trained with the hounds, where he still sometimes sees kids, future Volstreckers, he reminds himself dully. The training prepares them for their missions. They should cry and get it out of their systems here, rather than in some crin prison. Being trained sometimes by Astrid, sometimes by another Volstrecker, sometimes by him. White and gold robes cascading in the distance. There are no windows in Astrid's safe house. In most safe houses they operate in that are to the exterior of the cities and towns. She planked them up, her shirt sleeves rolled up to her elbows, and he handed her the nails. He remembers the sounds of the hammer against the wood, the sensation of the cool nails against his heated hand. Astrid grinned as he passed them to her, commenting lightly on, how you've warmed them all up, shuts. They're all weird in my hand. His lips quirked up at that, and he watched the cool night from the windows disappear as she boarded them up. The light streaming in is nice. The curtains billow with the wind, and the way the sunlight filters through the light peach fabric cascades Jester's room in this soft hue, making everything feel hazy and strange. It's so strange how nice this is. Jester's bed is so soft, and he shifts in the duvet all the pillows alienating from when he's so used to one, used to a simple mattress. He slept over in her room before, in her room full of heretical insignia, in her heretical temple, he thinks numbly, bitterly. But it's off-putting every time. Jester is stirring awake beside him, and she's in his arms. She's in his arms. Arms, and it's one of those rare times Bren Aldrich Emendrude isn't in a rush, isn't thinking about the next mission, the next meeting with Master Ikathon, the next tuning session with the syringes and the needles and the crystals. He doesn't need to immediately go back to Rexentrum. He's more healed now, thanks to Jester, than he's been in a while, and he's blinking. He can just 
be, just exist, at least for this little while. And Jester is cold in his hands in that endearing way she tends to be. She's leaning back into his bare chest that's riddled with scars and marks and burns, and he can't help but think traitorously, I could do this forever. As soon as those words leave through his parted lips, he stiffens with shock, wondering how the fuck he allowed this facsimile of domesticity to fool him. Those lovely curtains and the light and the pillows entrancing him with this haze. But he... he means it. He's fucking disgusted and disgusted that he isn't disgusted to find that he means every single word. It's an accident how those little words like warm and safe and light have coalesced into that sentence. It's horrible how she makes his brittle heart seem to stutter, play make fucking believe into this possibility that he doesn't have to live all broken and hurting the way he does and... God damn it. He whispered it against her skin, and he was smiling. He is smiling. He can't quite stop himself. Another lie, but he can't quite stop himself from not wanting to smile. And Jester is leaning into him, all soft and cold the way she is, tearing at his careful rituals and making him feel all open and raw. He hates how he feels this. And he hates how he really, truly doesn't. He hopes that this never stops, that he isn't tempting fate, tempting Master Ichathon with his quiet disappearances, Astrid can no longer account for by staying, by allowing himself to stay, even just for a few hours, even just for a few days longer than he should. Jester turns slightly to catch his gaze, and he smiles at her, hoping his expression isn't too open that it ruins her mood. Her lips still for a moment before she continues to widen her grin, and that can mean a whole host of things. She's so damn clever, so fucking sharp, and she's giggling wildly in his arms, careful in her movements so she isn't dislodging the arm around her waist. Demanding like that, he thinks, his jaw shifting slightly. Always wanting more of my touch, always asking for harder, faster. Always wanting more of me, he doesn't allow himself to think, feeling those words stuttering in his head and pushing them far, far away from his subconscious. She's generous, and she's sweet, and Bren is the broken one, the ruined one, the one who wants too much with his presumptuous fucking thoughts, the one who... I mean... Jester sighs, raising an eyebrow as her eyes watch his face and her voice interrupts his hurting mind. You'd get pretty hungry if we did this forever. Bren blinks, and she smirks. Like, yeah, sure, sex will keep us distracted for a day, but then you'd get all cranky. Her hand moves to his face, more demanding more, keep demanding more. 
his wretched mind thinks, and he leans into her touch. Plus, you barely eat enough as it is. Bren smiles at that can't-help-but smile, and his own hand raises up, 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 up to her, up to along the edges of her smile. She's so young, and there's this light in her eyes. Used to be brighter, he thinks, remembering a half-orc tied to the table, remembering Jester's whispered hiss in his ear, remembering, 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 and casting it out, trying to starve off the creature. God, he's so fucking ruined. He chases this brightness that eludes him. She's only twenty years old. I'm nearly twenty-one, Bren. Come on, he remembers her saying when he pointed this out. And she's seen so much of this world, bedded literal fucking monsters. And there's still this... light. How? Bren thinks. This world is so broken. We're such broken people. How do these curtains and these pillows not disgust you? How do you make it so that they don't disgust me when I'm sitting here and you're in my arms? He doesn't say that. I am hungry, he murmurs, his voice low and filled with affection he can't afford to have. He doesn't like the competition. Astrid whispered then, and Bren resists the grimace on his face, not allowing it to interrupt the smile. Selfish, 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 he thinks. Shiza, he's so fucking weak. Wolf would bark out a laugh if he could see Bren's face right now. Or smile sadly, the creature whispers, and Bren ignores that too. Jester's eyebrows raise, and she moves like she might just pull out from his grasp. He hates how instinctively he pulls her close. Oh, why didn't you say so? I can bring us something back, just... Bren grips her arms, knowing she could easily disentangle them if she so wished, and she doesn't. She allows him to have his way with that little smile on her lips and he flips her until he's hovering, his smile a little wicked. It's playful, it's disarming, like everything else, just like everyone else in this room, and he bites a kiss into her freckled blue neck, all elegant and lovely and marked from the night before. I didn't say what I was hungry for. He chides, biting down lower on her throat to press kisses into her collarbones. Jester laughs, arms twining around his neck and pulling him closer. Like I could leave you, he thinks, the reverence and alarm of his thoughts evenly matched, though the fucking reverence is winning out with that light in her shining eyes. And he lets himself close close to her. He allows himself this extra moment as they kiss, and he lets himself close, close to her. 
He allows himself this extra moment as they kiss, all heated and languid and soft, and allows himself traitorously to be, to exist in the quiet of this early morning with nothing but Jester and her room for company. I could do this forever, Bren thinks. He pulls her close and leaves another chaste kiss along her collarbones, smiling against her icy skin. She's always so cold. He wonders what she makes of it, of all his fucking heat, of his ruined thumb trailing to her breast and playing with her nipple as she moans, resting on her forearms so she can watch him. He allows his gaze to linger on those toned, freckled arms for a moment, all tense and smooth and beautiful. She's so beautiful. Stay on task, Emindrude, Jester sings, tilting her head and raising an eyebrow. Bites into her skin in response, worrying it between his teeth and leaving a bruising mark. She sighs, her hair disheveled and glorious and a mess around her, and makes the blue of her face even more radiant, that flush to her cheeks and her neck and her sternum even more obvious, even more dramatic. And Bren could do this forever. I could do this forever. I really could, Lavor. And, oh, it's the sound of her head being thrown back that forces these lilting promises to die in his wretched throat. It's her violet eyes closing that make him remember. Jester opens one eye and gazes at him, and he smiles, a hand calloused, burnt, scarred, ruined, on her side. I'm on task, Lavor. He sighs, the lie easy on his tongue. He's not on task right now. He should be recuperating in Zadash. They think he's in Zadash. But of all his lies, this is one of his more innocent ones. I have you, he says, and then he lowers his head, tracing over her skin with his tongue and his lips and his teeth her already shifting form under him, those sounds she makes with her eager, parted lips. They're divine. They're a sermon. They're a path to redemption. He's too cowardly to take. And so he just listens. I could do this forever, he thinks. Her hand is in his hair, her cold fingers threading through, and disheveling it like it's all hers to muss up. And honestly, right now it is. He is. Bren isn't very honest with himself, but he can admit this to himself. Her grip tightens as he presses a kiss against a nipple, already stiff from where his thumb rubbed at it before he sucks. Lips curving into a lazy grin. She moans a saluting gasp of ah, and his name breathed through her lips, lovely, wanting in how she bites down on the lower one. Perfect, like the rest of her, perfect in all her broken glory. I could do this forever, 
He moves on to her other nipple, and she makes this soft whining sound when he momentarily pulls away, and then grins as she sees him lower his head to her other breast. His rough fingers dig into her sides, gorgeous freckled skin. He swears he could count each freckle like little stars in the sky, study her for days and days and days with his memory, rediscover her every night, and she sighs as he continues down, 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 all the way to her stomach. I could do this forever. Toned, firm muscle and the beautiful curves of her hips greet him. His hands continue trailing down as his face does, breathing over her cold skin from how she shivers. He can tell his mere breath is warming for her. And then he begins pressing kisses against her, his tongue leaving wetness in its wake. He feels his jaw shift as he makes little marks, scraping his teeth and leaving little bruises that complement the marks from last night. But oh... How she shifts for him, squirming and whimpering and whispering divine words like yes and ah oh, and please and could. Wretched words like bren make their way through her parted lips too, but he can't fault her, fault that. He's very convincing, like a snake in her lovely garden, poisoning her one wicked day by one wicked day. I could do this forever. He breathes over her cunt and can smell her, knows how wet she already is from his teasing little kisses. Her hand is tight in his hair, but she doesn't push. She never pushes. It's her restraint, and it's what makes her radiant, what makes her a high priestess. She's gazing at him with half-lidded eyes, and she's shifting her jaw, trying so fucking hard to be patient. And he smiles, leaning down and running a tongue lightly through her folds. She gasps, and his smile widens. Forever and ever, I swear I could do this forever. Love you forever. Bren... <laughs> Jester mumbles, and he looks up, raising an eyebrow at her hazy voice. There's something off, something wrong, and he stills, mentally going through everything he just did. It's nothing new, but he's suddenly scared stiff by the idea that his searching tongue and teasing marks and hands on her hips annoyed her, hurt her. He didn't mean to. How the fuck could he... No! Jester nearly hisses, violet eyes watching him, and she pulls Brent up easily into a heated kiss with their tongues dancing around each other and their teeth clacking. She pulls him back and puts cold, grounding hands on his face. Maaj, we're good. You didn't do anything wrong. Bren blinks at her and then gives her this smile, his shoulders all bracing and tense. Your voice, he murmurs, his voice quiet. Jester's eyes are so fucking gentle right now, and he can hardly stand it, and he hates that he does. I'm bad with accents, but I know how to control my voice, know the way to tense it, to make it languid, to make it soft, Make it easy. 
He exhales through his teeth. Jester, I don't like how you stressed your vowels just now. She stares at him, and he adverts his gaze, looking to the rumpled bedsheets. Tell me why you stressed your vowels. Silently. Tell me how I ruined this. Bren, Jester says, her voice kind. She doesn't say anything else until his gaze flits back to her, his jaw clenched. I just... This isn't a goodbye, fuck it, right? Her lips quirk and become sadder, and the way she bites her lower lip now isn't out of desire, just worry. He feels sick at the fact that he made her sadder. I don't want to see you leave. It's only been a couple of days. I just wanted to make sure. She leans close and presses their foreheads together. Ja? Ja, Bren murmurs after a moment, his head spinning. She wants him here. She wants him here. And it's startling to hear every time. Rex and Trauma feels so fucking far away right now. Like it's on another planet. Like it's on another plane. I mean, nine. It isn't a goodbye fuck. I can stay for another couple of days. I promise. It's strange to have his word mean something. Mean something to someone that isn't Astrid, with her sharp eyes, and Wolf with his smile like daggers. Jester smiles, and it's so fucking beautiful. Bren forgets to hate himself as he basks in it, in her light, in her. Bren watches her for a moment, and then he moves back to his previous position, his own lips pulling into a smile as Jester lets out this delighted little laugh, shaking her head at how he moves her leg with his hand, his blackened fingertips against her toned leg are quite something. Up onto his shoulder, he braces her there as he leans forward and runs his tongue through her again, her sighing as it briefly brushes her clit. Bren smiles and reaches out with his other hand, beginning to rub her clit, while his tongue continues in its pattern, the way her back arches almost immediately as she feels his thumb is everything. She's saying his name again and again and again, and the way she breathes it, her voice heavier than it usually is, makes it sound less brittle, less cutting, as he processes her gasps. You really can do anything, he thinks, and his lips would curl up if his tongue weren't pressing into her entrance right now, if he weren't groaning as he feels her inner walls clench against him for just a moment before she forces herself to relax. Her hand is back in his hair, her fingers running through his strands, and Bren sighs. She grins, and their eyes meet for a moment before his tongue curls, and she leans her head back, smiling. You're so good, Jester groans, and Bren stills for a moment before he continues, pressing his tongue into her 
another finger reaching out to play with her clit. She's entirely too clever, and she leans back up on her forearms, her dark eyes glittering as she gazes at him with her leg on his shoulder, he himself watching her through his eyelashes. Her other hand reaches out and runs a thumb over his cheek, and her smile widens. You look really good eating me out, Bren. It's almost like you were born for this, you know? Born to sit between my thighs. Bren groans as he feels her fingers curl, tightening her grip on his hair and fuck. She's still not pushing, still being patient, patient with him. There's something exciting in all her languid movements, at the way her firm, strong arms are resting and content to have Bren move at this pace. He's seen her squirming, seen her impatient, but he loves this just as much, loves seeing the way she controls herself, watches him with that heated, claiming gaze. He pushes his tongue in deeper, breathing in her wetness, goes as deep as he's able. It's not nearly enough. Jester runs light circles over his cheek, and she's still praising him, still whispering little praises as she groans and shifts with the flick of his ruined fingers against her clit. And ah, uh, fuck the traveler like that. Keep doing that. And so he does, and he does, and he does. Her words are starting to fail her, and she's slipping into another language, infernal, he thinks, remembering casting comprehend language and speaking with that strange passive structure of the sentences when he was on this mission in Roshana, and she's thrusting into him, her hand tight on his hair, still not pushing. He's intimately aware of her gaze on him, and he can't help it. He can't help his half-lidded eyes looking at her intently, aware of how the hue of the arcane lights in her room play off his pale blue eyes that are nearly reflective in their brightness. He knows he's pretty, he knows he's beautiful, and he knows how to play people for everything they have, play people for their lives. What he's doing now with how his shoulders are braced and the way his eyebrows furrow is this strange mixture of training but not, instinct but not, genuine but not. Sometimes parts of him are so intertwined with Rex and Trump, it's impossible to parse them apart from what belonged to Bren Aldrich Emendrud, born to poor rubes in the Zemian fields. He was always vain, but, but, Chester moans his name, her dark eyes fluttering, and he knows she's close. Good. She's gasping, and fuck. This part is the trained charisma, the searching eyes, looking for good openings to give little compliments, is trained. He wasn't always this smooth. He winks at her, curling his tongue just right to make her tense, her back locking as she comes. Her grip tightens enough to be painful, and Bren welcomes it, welcomes the grounding pain, almost misses it as she slumps, letting him go. She's smiling, Jester Lavore is smiling, and she looks so laid out among these rumpled sheets, it's a little obscene, a little divine. He wipes his mouth, and Jester watches him, grinning. 
Your turn, Jester says, raising an eyebrow as he crawls back up, slumping beside her and curling an arm around her waist. She mirrors his movements, hugging him back, and her cool arms are bracing against him, helping him blink back that cloying, bitter feeling that headspace leaves him in. He slips into it involuntarily. Slips into it without meaning to. Slips into it and enjoys it. Indulges in his wretchedness. Strange. And it wasn't for a while that he realized everyone wasn't this way. But. But. It feels safe here. With Jester. That's. Terrifying. No, he sighs, head against a pillow, as he gives her a little half-smile. The creature writhes under his skin, wanting, 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 and Bren really doesn't want to think about how he'll perform for her, all flushed to cheeks and neck and his hand running through his own hair to part it in that way, making little keening noises that are all desperate and wanton. It's too much. He's too much. And her cool skin is so welcoming. So different from his racing thoughts that obsess him like fire. The fire. The fire, he thinks. And he nearly rolls his eyes to himself. Not right now, shuts. Later, then, she decides, running her thumb over his bottom lip. Her eyes watch him, and of course she knows. Of course she does. Jester Lavore is insightful. More insightful than he is a liar. And he's such a good, goffin-dumped fucking liar. Her forehead creases, and her smile is gentle. And the shadows are out of your eyes. Bren sighs, closing his eyes, avoiding and grateful for that careful, violet gaze. She's so damn disarming. He thinks how lucky this world is, that it was the traveler and not someone else. Someone with white and gold robes, he thinks, his jaw clenching, because this is traitorous. This is all so traitorous. That found her. Later, then, he says. Jester leans forward and kisses him on the forehead. Her lips are soft. They're always soft, and it's more than he deserves. Eating her out is more than he deserves. Waking up next to her, waking up to see those curtains and the light and the pillows against his bare back are more than he deserves. He should, he should be punished, really. He should be kicked out for indulging in this, indulging in this performance, in this consecration, and he doesn't want to. He doesn't fucking want to be punished, and it hurts. It all hurts. We have time for later, Jester whispers, careful as ever, as she stares at the micro-expressions flitting by on his face, and her smile widens as he nods after only the slightest hesitation. Her hand intertwines his, cool, embracing, and more 
than he deserves. Bren shifts his jaw. I could do this forever, he thinks. The End of Interlude Part 3 of the Kingdom Come series